Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Unnamed English Minds podcast, the podcast who, much like the Minds defence, overslept on Saturday. I'm Connor, joining me is the sleepyhead himself. Hello Sheridan. Evening mate, how are we doing? I, I'm very good, how are you? I am awake now, which is the main thing. I would hope so after what has been pretty, what, five days since, <laughs> <laughs> since uh, you overslept, I would, I'd hope you are now awake. Uh, as we've kind of referred to there, we're recording a fair few days after the capitulation in Bremen, so we are going to cover that game a bit, but probably not in as much detail as we have done the other games we've covered so far uh, on the podcast this season. We're going to probably use the distance from that result and the fact we've got the weekend off uh, to give the first few weeks of the season a brief appraisal and then go over some of the other news uh, around the club. So anyway, Sheridan, tell me all about your Saturday from the plan to... The execution. <laughs> so I, I planned to be in Bremen, obviously. Had my ticket booked, my train booked. Um, the original plan was to stay overnight, but that fell through anyway. So it was it was going to be a day trip, which from Mainz is, would have been about 10 hours. A brutal is a good word. It would have been about 10 hours worth of trains, um, which wouldn't have been fun. So I overslept. I had a 4 a.m. alarm and I, I, I don't know, I assume it went off. And I just snoozed it and then woke up at about seven o'clock again, looked at my phone and went, oh shit, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to Bremen then. I could have done, but it would have been about a hundred quid on the train to get up there one way, which to watch Mainz in this economy was not worth it. So I didn't. So I went to Fulda instead. Anybody that knows me knows that I love a pervy ground hop. So I went on a pervy ground hop to Fulda in the fourth division. Well, you know, kept you occupied and meant you didn't end up watching the game live, uh, which, to be honest, was a good choice in the end. I mean, if you'd have put hundred euros into that, you'd be fuming, obviously as well. Then you've got a long, long way back. I was texting one of our other friends who went, and uh, yeah, he was not enjoying the long way back. I cannot imagine he was. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's one of them. I feel like your uh, sleep rhythm has probably done you a, a little bit justice uh, since. I was watching from afar and then obviously we've we've sort of gone over things in detail since to have a look at sort of what happened, try and pick the bones out of it a little bit. Um, I'm just, while we're talking about sort of match day experiences, uh, might as well give you a, an idea of a, a day trip to Bremen because I've, I've done it once on the fan bus back in 2016. It was the fixture of the club's 111th birthday back in March 2016. We drew one all. Uh, I did, yeah. So it was. I think on the fan bus, it was something like eight hours there, eight hours back, and basically I just spent most of the day in and out of sleep and bought a Twix at every service station on the way there and back <laughs> that we stopped at. Uh, which apparently we stopped eight times because I spent sixteen euros on Twixes and they were two euros a pop. So um, I was well stocked up for <laughs> chocolate for a, a good few days after that. Reinvesting into the German economy, 16 euros. Yeah, I, 16 euros I didn't really have at that point as well. <laughs> yeah, not a great idea. But anyway, uh, this is all of our kind of way of trying to get around talking about the football. We're going to have to do it, so let's rip the plaster off. Uh, Line-up chat, uh, so there were three changes in comparison to the previous week and uh a game and a performance that we're reasonably happy with, even though we dropped points in the end to Frankfurt. Um, so um, Anton Stack obviously left the club uh, during the week, and he was replaced by uh, Brian Gruder in the lineup. Um, Karen Minisova came in uh, after recovering from illness for Nelson Viper, um, and uh, Maxim Leitch, who was injured, was replaced by Hanja Olsen, who was back from injury. So otherwise, seen as the week before, um, with those selections, I don't know how you saw it, but I didn't really have any complaints. 
No, I didn't either. I thought, you know, because I was uh, at the the game I was watching, the lineup came through and, and I had the same kind of, okay, this is exciting. I was happy that Gruder um, got his starting debut. Um, I thought it was probably maybe a bit of a shame that Viper and Gruder didn't play together. Um, but Oni Zivo coming in, I don't think is a loss of quality in the starting 11. And we we all know what Hanscher Olsen's about. So there was no complaints on my side. So, um, yeah, actually going into the game, it was, um, yeah, happy days. Yeah, and I think one of those things, sometimes when you go away from home, you probably don't want to have two very young players starting for the first time in the first away game as a, as a start kind of thing as well. It's, it's probably one of those ones where you try and get into the game and then throw people on as needed later on. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't really get the chance to do that. Pretty much immediately, Bremen got a penalty. Uh, <laughs> um, I think Zep Vandenberg um, faffing on the halfway line, Bremen break, um, and then... Hand rolls and collides with their player in the box and, uh, and it's a penalty. For me, I don't think you have to give it. I think I can understand why the referee has given it. And I don't, I'm not going to complain and say that decided the game because it didn't. Um, but I was fuming at the time. Yeah, I can imagine. Like I say, I was, I was stood on the touchline watching the game. I had, had my phone in my hand waiting for the uh, notifications. And it was we got the one, okay, we're underway, underway in Bremen. We're like, yeah, go on, lads. And I'm texting in the group chat going, this lot of bottom of the league, they've lost their first two games of the season. Oh, so it's your fault then? I, okay. Well, as always. Yeah. We jinxed the York and now we jinxed Bremen away. Um, but yeah, I was, I was texting into to the group saying, yeah, you know, come on, lads, um, they've lost their first two games. They got knocked out by third division Victoria Köln in the in the first round of the cup. Full Krug left. Full Krug's left, their star striker. Um and we're thinking, yeah, like, come on, if we're going to kickstart a season, this is the time to kickstart a season. And then the notification comes through, yep, kickoff, we're on the way, perfect. 30 seconds later, penalty brain. It's like, yeah, of course. If this is going to become a recurring theme, by the way, of our away games this season, because only on away we capitulated early on, and yeah. now we've capitulated early on away at Brayman, it's going to be it's going to be a long season. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating because we had, like, neither team had really grown their way into the game, and the, the penalty kind of happens, kind of. I mean, there's not much of a run of play going into the third minute or something, but it kind of happened out of nowhere. Like it was just kind of something that happened. Um, not a scene that was really like repeated for the rest of that first half either. Um, it's just a bit of a random one. And then in the end, it's a good penalty by Dutch who tucks it away uh, and, and scores. I think when the goal goes in that early, I tend to think, well, the team's now going to probably set up their shop now for the rest of the game and they're not going to push things too much. We got unlucky a couple of weeks ago with Union where they carried on playing quite well. Uh, I think in this time, in this one, Bremen did kind of go back into their shells a little bit and weren't really playing too much on the front foot. Uh, but unfortunately, neither did we. So I think we really struggled to come into the game and there were probably a couple of half chances. I can remember Lee sort of being quite busy, Gruder showing some good touches and they were getting in down the side. But nothing that really made the Bremen keeper do and like really worry about things. I think in the end, at the whole game, we had one shot on target. Yeah, I didn't watch the game, like I say, but I, I, it struck me as I used to, nothing happened in the first half of a, a game of two football teams that haven't actually kickstarted their season and nobody had the confidence to take the game by the scruff of the neck and go at their opponents. It was, you know, we've gone one nil down after thirty seconds, after three minutes. Sorry, um, do you then attack and? You know, risk conceding a second early on, and, and then you're really on the back foot, um, or, or do you just kind of hold in and make sure that you don't concede that quick second, and then try and build on that from there? But it's it's all about a mentality thing, and um, we just yeah didn't seem to to have it. Neither did Bremen apparently, which is why it was still one in at half time. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they did probably what they wanted to do in terms of getting into the break with the advantage. And, and uh, yeah, they, they never really gave us a chance. They just didn't, in my opinion, create much themselves. They didn't need to. Because uh, when we're going to be that ineffectual and you're a, you're a goal ahead, then you're pretty much quite safe. Yeah, I mean, we've got we've not gone into a huge amount of detail with that there with that first half. I think the second half is probably more interesting, though, in terms of you are thinking 1-0 down at the break. Uh, poor performance, relatively speaking, so far. You want a big team talk. You want a reaction in the second half. And again, we didn't get it, really. Um I can't think of much positive from that first sort of 10 minutes of the second half. And before we knew it, we're 2-0 down. Uh, stay scores for Bremen, 2-0. And that's game done, really, at that point, isn't it? I, yeah, I felt like it. So by the time uh, the second half had kicked off, I'd, I'd found myself into a, a pub in the centre of Fulda to watch the conference, um, which we're going to put in the podcast now and say it's the greatest invention in the world. Conference, like when you're not actually at a game, uh, being able to watch all six games at the same time is fantastic entertainment. Um, but what it did mean is that because we're not the most relevant club in the world, according to, to Sky Sports, um, by the time the second goal had gone in, it was the only highlight we'd seen from the Mites game at the beginning of that second half. So the, the it actually was worse as well because it's flicked over to the Mites game after about five ten minutes of of the second half in all the other games and it's like oh yeah okay we're playing good we've lost the ball there's a cross into the box Cassie's fallen asleep we're two 0 down excellent what do we do now another pint please bartender yeah and I mean, it's just it's frustrating that we just keep continually not being able to defend these crosses into the box not preventing the crosses from coming in not successfully defending them. It's just, yeah, it's a recurring theme, unfortunately, which uh, we, you know, ultimately they've done what we couldn't do last week and 100%. been able to sort of punish us when they were kind of on top. But yeah, it's just, like, again, just a lack of response to what's gone on in the previous weeks and then also what's going on in the game as well. So I'm no, I'm no Pep Guardiola, which you know, yeah, I know. will come as a surprise to yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> um, but I, I get the impression that, that we've got, with the five we play at the back, you've got the three kind of centre-halves and the two wing-backs. The problem we have in a lot of situations is that the wing-backs are wing-backs and they're more attacking-minded than they are defensively-minded. So they, you could see it in the second goal that Cassie has fallen asleep and the man's come back inside him and he's not picked him up. The, the, the cross has come into the far post and he's not in the position that you would expect him to be, where a full-back, a more defensively-minded full-back probably would be. Um, and that has the positives of when we're actually on the ball and when we're playing well, he gets forward and creates lots of chances and has you know a wand of a right boot. Um, and but if we're going to fall asleep uh, when these balls come into the box, then we're going to continuously concede goals because the system that we play means that crosses will come into the box. Yeah, I mean, I think from that really you have to criticise the centre backs in terms of far too narrow. It, like it, it probably shouldn't be the sort of job of a wing back to sort of be like defending in that kind of position you have got the wide centre backs for a reason and I just we seem to always just get bunched up uh, which is we've seen in previous uh, kind of goals that we've conceded this season um, yeah I think it's one of those ones we don't need to actually analyse this one specifically in, in, in uh, detail and look at personal blame because pretty much every defender has had some kind of individual error Oh yeah, hundred those crossed goals this season. So it's clearly a systemic thing. A hundred percent. But like I say, if it's a system with if you're going to play those wing backs, then then somebody needs to do the the picking up. And if yeah. the centre half hasn't done the picking up because they've been dragged elsewhere, then the wing back needs to be able to be clever enough to come yeah, in and pick up sure. the spare man. Um, but yeah, like you say, analytically, we don't need to go into this too much. You watched it on the telly. I was five pints deep, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might have uh, picked the wrong player to blame here. But Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's one of those things where 
for me, I'd, I'd, if we were to sort of look at this and like, where's, where is it going wrong? Where is it going right this season? I think I would look at the formation as we seem to have been quite inflexible in terms of like the games that we've been playing in. The circumstances have changed quite a lot uh, throughout. So obviously going down early in the, the two away games, uh, being a man up uh, in the home game and just kind of inflexibly sticking with a similar system what, rather than maybe sort of changing things. Uh, I like for, for me, I'm no particular fan of a back five. I think it's quite a negative way of playing football. Um, I can see why we've done it in terms of like setting up your stall and then using that as a base to sort of going go in and attack. And obviously you can't argue with a lot of the results that we've rec- we've had in the past few years. But I think also there comes a point where you have to stop being negative and you have to start being a little bit more proactive. And yeah, doing like having an extra player in the in a defensive role means losing a player in an attacking role that could have been useful. And for example, it, it when you're a goal down at half time and you're making a defensive substitute in terms of put Stefan Bell on, uh, I would have quite liked to have seen us kind of actually attack that second half because, like you say, they were they they hadn't won obviously asterisk on the quality of the opponents that they've played in the league so far two good teams that they've lost to mm. um, but it is a, it was a game that we should go into thinking at least a point should be in this if not more and then in the end you get thrashed it's just yeah very frustrating so I would have liked to have seen us be a little bit more proactive in how we played I completely missed that did Bello come on at half time? yeah who did he come on for? Uh, Sandra Olsen I think it was, went off injured injured right okay because otherwise that's a criminal substitution um, yeah I mean, and even then, even if you have got an injury, I think yeah. you don't actually necessarily have to put Stefan Bell on. No, I completely missed that. So, it, I mean, it's, yeah. For me, the, the game was done. I was kind of just like watching in vague hope of something happening and it didn't other than a quick double for Bremen towards the end, which turned what at that point was a frustrating afternoon into a bit of a gupping. Um, Bittencourt scored the third and uh, Njinma, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Njinma, yeah. Scored the fourth. There's yeah. not really much to say about that other than, you know, when you're having to sort of throw the kitchen sink, then you are going to get sucker punched. Just very frustrating to concede basically the same goal twice in two minutes. Yeah, 100%. We had to go forward and um, look for goals and, and, yeah, just got hit on the break. But it's one of the problems we've got. We are so susceptible to the break at the moment. We just we are unable to, to track back and keep up with them. Um, but, again, I... I haven't watched the highlights. I haven't been able to bring myself to watch the highlights yet. I watched the the conference. I saw the goal go in when it happened. Um, and the third one's gone in and I've reacted to it in the bar and gone, oh, you know, for goodness sake. And, and oh, I can't believe we've done that. And, and you've seen the replay and I've gone, oh, he's not picked him up. And oh, you were too slow there. And just a normal fan reaction. Um, and your bartenders turn around and say, oh, you might fan. You say, oh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, all right. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, brilliant. You know, enjoy the rest of the game. And then two minutes later, it's 4-0. Mm. And by the time I'd looked down from the television, he put a fresh pint in front of me. <laughs> so, there you are, mate. Enjoy this. Well, you know, at least something good came of it, I guess, in the end. Uh, let's just sort of take zoom out a little bit. So in the post-match, uh, some interesting quotes from the players. Uh, Robin Senna, the goalkeeper, questioned our mentality in that game. Uh just in terms of dealing, I guess, with the setbacks and then imposing ourselves on the opponents rather than having their will imposed on us. Um, Karim Anisivo also pointed out that Bremen's main strength in the game was basically what we are usually good at in terms of winning all of the second balls. Um, what did you think about what the voices coming out of the team were after that game? I agree 100% with what Zentner was saying. I think it is a mentality thing at the moment. You've got If we look back to the back end of last season, we're now without a win and I think it's eight, maybe nine games, um, taking out the Elfersberg game in the Cup, which 
if their midfielder could finish, would have gone to extra time anyway. Um, and I, I think we have to... Because with all due respect to Bremen as well, this is a team that, that we've gone 1-0 down to inside five minutes. It's not a like a Bayern or, a, or maybe a Dortmund or a Leipzig. It's not a team that are necessarily going to steamroll you. Um, so you should be able to come back into that. Like we're saying about the first half, grab the game by the scruff of the neck and say, actually, do you know what? Hold on, lads. Not like this. We've come here to get the three points and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to play football the way we want to play football and you're going to have to deal with it. But instead, we allow teams uh, to play football the way they want to play football. So you just think like Bremen at the back end of last season um, when they got that we got the late at first goal. They got a late equaliser. We got a, a goal three or four minutes into stoppage time, and then they still came back and got an equaliser. Schalke about two weeks later. Um, Frankfurt the ninety-first minute equaliser, um, and then going down early against Bremen. And in terms of what the score says, anyway, being steamrolled. Maybe not actually on the pitch how the, the, the match was played, but the the you know the result tells a big story. And if you're looking back at the player or a manager, or a coach, or a fan, you probably think, okay, the game wasn't that bad, and, you know, we did some, we were awful in these situations, but actually, do you know what, we looked all right in these situations, but at the end of the day, the result is the result, and you look back at it and think, oh, do you know what, we went all the way to Bremen, and we lost 4-0, and that's a team that shouldn't be beating us 4-0. Um, so I can I can only agree 100% with what Zent is saying, is that there is maybe one or two of the lads that need to look in there, get their heads up, pick themselves up a bit, and think, actually, do you know, well, what, what is it we want to achieve this season? Because if we carry on like this, it's going to be a long season, a very long season, and it's going to unravel all of the good work that we've done over the last couple of years. It was Because like, it was only a couple of years ago that we were really fighting amongst it at the bottom of the table for relegation. Um, and that's not a place that that squad, the squad that we've currently got, um, should be fighting against. Yeah, I mean, in terms of quality, individually, much better than that team from a couple of years ago. Um, but we are still kind of playing in the same kind of way. So, like I said, I just would like us to be able to mix it up a little bit and, you know, maybe sometimes play with a back four and have that extra man up front. Uh, maybe sometimes you then do need to be more defensive, especially if you are a goal or two ahead. Um, maybe you need to, yeah, not be quite so stretched. But I think it's one of those things where we, we've come together and a few players have had a bad day. Um, and then ultimately, that's kind of what cost us in the sense of, there isn't really anything in, I guess, in the system, there's not really anything that's sort of preventing us from being punished by players having bad days. Uh, and then you, you look at, okay, if, if, if the way that we're playing uh, isn't successful in terms of creating chances, then I think there's not a lot of difference makers that are going to just completely change the game from one touch to another. I think a lot of the time the way that we score is very much like building up, like keep trying the same thing until it works. Uh, and that's what we did ultimately. I think we just kept going through the gears and just never quite getting there. And sometimes you just want that player that's going to, from one moment to another, uh, create something out of nowhere and bring you back into a game. That's probably what we needed in that first half at least. So I think... You can definitely look at it to do with mentality as well, but I think as well there's a level of... I'd like a little bit more sort of boldness from Bo in the dugout in terms of with his substitutions, uh, with his sort of the way that he sort of puts the team out. Uh, and I guess, yeah, just sometimes if you look at just the way that selections and stuff have gone this season, I think a lot of the time what we've been doing is quite reactive in terms of we've been quite unfortunate with injuries so far this season, which doesn't help. Um, and... Yeah, if you were to look at sort of some of the selections, I think you can probably tell that like these are not ones that he necessarily would want to make if this is what everyone's available and everyone's fit. But then we obviously have 
in the last few weeks lost a few players and brought a few players in and then it takes time to bed them in as well so it's yeah. like a lot coming together where it's like okay not a perfect few weeks in terms of fitness and injuries and stuff plus then bad form of some of the players that are in there and then it all comes together and you kind of can't necessarily say there's one thing that's wrong it's kind of a bit of everything yeah 100% I agree with you um totally there's you know there's a lot of factors in play it's not it's not just one thing that is is meant that our season has started the way it started um you know the murmurs coming out of, of a lot of Mainz fans at the moment and the way I'm seeing things at the moment is I'm a little bit worried that exactly like you say we don't have a plan b we go into the football match with the way we want to play um and and you know we're going to try and stamp our style of football on the game and then when it doesn't work it it, it doesn't change yeah, like especially you said, if we, you go up against a team that are basically playing the same system, try and do the same thing as well as us, just sort of long balls and then flick-ons and create a chance. Um, and then if, like Anissima mentions, that they're the ones that are first all of the second balls, well, that's only going to go one way, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't think there's any way of like turbocharging your second ball thing. Yeah. It's all about basically like actually out-battling them in, in, in that scenario. And like in, in that case... They were uh, sort of at home in front of their own crowd. Had a bit of a point to prove as well, I think, with the like losing 100%. their talisman up front. Uh, and obviously, although we've not had the best start, like their start's been more difficult as well. So I think they just went into the game really with a lot to prove and uh, we've kind of come a cropper there in terms of the individual system. But that's not to say that we shouldn't be able to change the game yeah. in some other way. Yeah, for, like, for fear of sounding like your old maths teacher on Facebook... Insanity is trying the same thing again and again and expecting different results. Like uh, it, it, we just seem to play the same style of football all of the time, and the substitutions are always the same, and they're always late in the game as well. There doesn't appear to be um, a genuinely proactive change to what is actually going to make a difference in the game. There's a reactive change, but there's not a okay. Actually, what is the solution to what we're doing right now? Is we need to change things to make sure that we get on top of the game rather than how do we stop them getting further on top of the game? And you have to look at, for example, against Frankfurt rather than, okay, do you know what? We should probably go and get the second goal. We'll leave it as it is because we're in control of the game. Bring it on two straight hearts. Yeah, just yeah. straight swaps. And you're, you're not actually changed. You've not actually affected the way the game has happened there. It, it, it's absolutely classic. Teenager playing football manager um, just knows the names of the players and knows which position they play rather than actually any tactical nuance to be able to say how do I finish this game off and you know I'm, I'm a kid on a podcast I'm not you know, <laughs> I'm not throwing any uh, I'm a better tactician than Bo Svensson out but it is how it feels at the moment and it is difficult because after 10 games without a win having had 10 games unbeaten including wins very categorical wins away at Leipzig and at home against Bayern Munich and uh, we Leverkusen went to, and we went to Leverkusen yeah. obviously um, which is never an easy place to go um, and yeah we you struggle to look at things at the moment and, and kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and the light well actually the light at the end of the tunnel is potentially you know we know where we've come from over the last two years and we know what this team can do it's just they need to, to, to replicate that and it, it may mean uh, a, a change of style. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, it's one of those things where we have got this weekend break so Svensson can go onto the training pitch and try something new or double down on his uh, techniques and get the players to get that extra few percent so that they're first or second balls and they battle a little bit harder in those things, maybe defend across successfully. Um, a man can dream. Yeah, so I think it's one of those things where 
ultimately th- this defeat probably comes at a good time in terms of okay well we can't address anything in this in the transfer window now but it means that we're just gonna have to be a little bit creative in finding how do we get a little bit extra out of the players that are on the pitch is there someone that is in the squad that we're undervaluing their talents that we can maybe use a little bit more of do we kind of change the tactical plan a little bit or do we just do the plan better um and you know they should go into that fourth game of the season against Stuttgart at home next weekend. Really, all guns blazing, really wanting it. Uh, but again, it's going to be a difficult one because you know they've started the season in pretty good form as well. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean um, we have to be very careful with them because they've what they've two home games out of their three so far, and they've whipped Freiburg Freiburg five nil and yeah Bremen was it, five was it Bremen five nil was it Bochum and then they got whipped by no Bochum yeah sorry and then they got whipped by Leipzig but yeah so they're they're completely. You cannot, you cannot account for them honestly if it ends up 6 all, then we're buzzing but um, it, yeah so 100% I agree with you as well that we, we use this break now to actually bed the team in you can't make any more transfer changes um, which I you know would prefer if the window was closed before the beginning of the season anyway personal opinion um, because then you don't end up in situations for example like losing Stach um, going into the game on the final day of the season yeah um, the, but the other side of it like full Krug as well like and full that Krug, would change yeah. the opposition's thing yeah it just it yeah becomes silly because he's then played two games with, with his previous team and then gone on to yeah I, I don't know yeah I agree I don't understand it but um yeah we'll see it's just you know the, he had the lads after the after the Bremen game out proper old school coach had the lads uh, in the gym first thing Sunday morning right you, you, you know who was it was it the lad at Fulham was it Felix Magat at Fulham yeah yeah they said right if you don't want to run on the pitch you come on the training pitch afterwards and you run with me for six hours <laughs> and uh, it seems that Svensson did the same thing this weekend um, and then I saw a few of them were, were using their free time to go coaching um, at the local schools and whatnot, which is uh, always good to see but um, yeah it's I, I, I don't know how what to look into the, to the Stuttgart game because if we if we play the way we've played so far this season and we're as susceptible to the counter um, as we have been, we know what Stuttgart are like. That you know their goals are coming from the counter, the pace they've got going forward with the likes of um, Girassi and, and whatnot. It would end up being five or six nil as well. And and going on paper into the season, we shouldn't be losing four nil against Bremen, and we certainly shouldn't be getting whipped by Stuttgart. And we'll but, see. Yeah, yeah, football obviously. Famous to play on grass rather than paper. We, we can just not tell. I think it's one of those things. We went into the Bremen game sort of saying, looking at all of the positive signs on paper, this looks like a really negative time to play Bremen. So I'm hoping that going into the Stuttgart game, if we're looking quite a negative time to play Stuttgart, mm. that we'll end up whipping them. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll never see. We'll, we'll never know. It's a funny old game, really, isn't it? It's patterns um, are starting, isn't it? You know, all on away, negative. Frankfurt home are quite positive. Bremen away, negative. So maybe next week we'll come back, after, or the week after, after the Stuttgart game, and it'll be the most positive podcast we've done so far. Hopefully. We, we don't know. I mean, we, can we, only, know. we can only react to what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, a couple of last final points before we go. Obviously, we've alluded a couple of times to Anton Schlack's exit to Hoffenheim on transfer deadline day. Uh, any brief thoughts on that? Um, yeah, no. I'm not sure, to be honest. You know, he's, uh, he is a loss in certain ways as well, but he was also fairly clearly a player that kind of had had his head turned and, and wanted out to a certain extent and when Hoffenheim came around the corner let him go um, I think he was it a couple of days before the deal was confirmed he'd, the, the, the original bid had come in and he said yep do you know what I want to take that and as soon as he said do you know what yep I want to take that rather than no, I'm going to stay here and fight for the club then you know if the money's right let him go 
Yeah, I'd be interested to see if the money actually is right, though, in terms of, I think, obviously he was under contract for the rest of the year and then an option for another one. So essentially, I would read that as a two-year deal. Uh, for a player that I think is in our, our would have been in our first 11 every, for every game if he was available and fit, uh, I think you even want an incredible deal or you just say, well, you, you're a professional footballer and your contract is us, you have to stay. Um, ultimately, for him, I think we were a stepping stone club for him, you know, looking at yeah. where he's come from and his ambitions. Uh, he would have joined hoping to sort of make the next step uh, and then go on to a bigger club. What he's done is go to a smaller club, obviously, in a sporting sense, sideways step, probably in terms of will be around the mid-table. Um, I think the murmurs have been that he hasn't been happy with playing in a more attacking role for us and wants to play more as a six uh, when he goes to his next club. But I still nonetheless think that from his perspective, really, it's one of those things where he's he's now moved this summer and then realistically should have been hoping in the probably next summer to go to a genuine top club. I think there were rumours about Liverpool sniffing around in the summer. Didn't quite happen. Uh, I don't think there was like concrete stuff going on. Um, but it's one of those things, if you, if you are hearing that Liverpool are interested, then another year of good performances, another six months of good performances, you're going to be on the list of a genuine big club. What he's done is locked himself into a long contract at a small club yeah. where probably he's not going to sort of qualify for Europe. Yeah, I don't think the transfer has any sporting merit or sporting yeah. positive Other than for playing the position that he wants to. But, Other, yeah. yeah, but... Again, I think that kind of thing is just, you know, playing you know, when you're being told the, to. The, you know? the, the one big thing for me as well is the other way, like, maybe, okay, the Liverpool rumours probably weren't as founded as people made them out to be, but Atalanta were definitely sniffing around. Yeah, you'd much rather go there. you might much rather go there, okay, you know, not a top, top club necessarily, but that's a club yeah, that is going to... They play cons- like one. So. They play like one. as a club that is going to consistently play in Europe as well. If that's what you're looking to do, if that's what you want to achieve from your career... Then that would have been the transfer that makes the most sense. I think though the the weirdest thing for me about the Stark transfer was on the penultimate penultimate day, the day before the final day, um, the um, just define penultimate for the listeners. There. <laughs> um, the the uh, the the deal was apparently it faltered, it had fallen through, it just wasn't going to happen. Heidel came into the press conference and said, um, you know, this this transfer is not happening. We're going into the season now with the squad as it is, which was already an allusion to we're not going to make any more signings uh, this summer and then 24 hours later it's oh by the way Stach is going to Hoffenheim and he's going for less money than we were holding out for in the first place so it seems that the deal fell through because of the money and then we kind of backed down a little bit and went oh go on then um, yeah, hopefully the, there was talk of some bonuses included in the contract and you know if the bonuses are there then good for him and it'll potentially I would imagine it will be uh, you score X amount of goals this season and, and you play well and you get this transfer to the next the next big step um, that, that we would then get the whole kind of percentage of the sale yeah. um, and you would hope the Hoffenheim holdout if it is going to a, a Leipzig or a Bayern Munich or a whoever it might be um, that we get a decent or that they get a decent sum and as such we get a little proportion on the on the side but um, I, th- I think in a sporting sense him leaving us it's a shame but also I don't know how much di- strong feelings. No, I, I don't know how much difference that's actually going to make to the starting eleven. I, I, I would, I wouldn't have said he was one of the key players. I, I'd love to have kept him because I think on his day he's an excellent footballer. Um, but yeah, I mean it clears the path for Tom Kraus to come into the starting eleven hopefully very soon. Um, it cleared obviously on Saturday the path for Brian Gruder to play. 
uh, from the start rather than sort of a sort of substitute cameo appearance. Uh, in the longer term, it might mean that we'll get a little bit more minutes for Papella, um, who has sort of been on the sort of fringes of the squad so far this season, seen a little bit of action in the cup. So, you know, there are also positives to him going, but I think it's one of those things where I, I, looking at the squad going into the final week of the window, I was kind of hoping for a little bit of a strong, uh, strengthening in terms of maybe one more attacker or something like that. And then we've ended up sort of not adding that to the squad and then kind of weakening ourselves in that that kind of position but it, in the end of the day it'll probably all turn out fine yeah. in terms of there are players there that can step up and fill that role yeah I think I think the strongest emotion I would have about the transfer is that he's not a player that I would let go on the final day yeah without it's, having the plan with, without having an that. immediate replacement that you could bring in or or you know like you say that you're bringing up from off the bench or from the second team um, but you never know they might have that plan already in terms of promoting someone from within and time will be the only thing that proves I, there's probably a saying I could have gone there, but you know, this can't is bother editing this. Great podcasting. But this anyway, is the podcast of the catchphrases this week. I'm loving yeah. it. <laughs> um, so uh, a couple of final things. We, we said that there were a few final things before we go. Then we spoke. For five minutes <laughs> um, yeah. So a couple of final things. You want to talk about the under 19s because there have been a few cup draws that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think the under 19s. Obviously, we're all very excited. They they won the the league last season. Um, so that's uh, meant they've qualified for the Youth League and that was drawn yesterday and we've got Maribor of Slovenia uh, in the first round. So the first leg is away in Maribor. I sadly couldn't get the days off so I won't be travelling. Um, and then the second leg is two or three weeks later. Win that and we, I didn't look at the draw, but we play either a team from Belarus or Bulgaria. So Very exciting times for you. Very exciting times. Like I said earlier that I like a pervy ground hop and the idea of Bulgaria away with Mainz, whether it be the under-19s, the second team, the women's team, whoever, is dreamy. Um, and the 19s have also drawn Lauten at home uh, in the next round of the Pokal. Well, there we go. That'll be interesting to many. I think... I will. I will. <laughs> the sarcasm in your voice. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I will just wait till the latter stages because I'm a, a fair weather on that kind of front. Uh, so I did watch the uh, kind of final couple of rounds of the uh, title in the league last season uh, and probably would have watched the uh, the cup game if we hadn't have been busy somewhere else. Um, but yeah, early rounds, I just I don't know if I care that much. <laughs> is, is it possible to be a, a Mainz Northam Glory supporter? Is that it? Is, of, is the, it? of the under-19s. I mean, we've got one of the best academies in the, in the country. Right? But, anyway, uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, um, so there is a, a big Brookvague weekend coming up. So on Friday night, as we release this, uh, the under-23s are playing at home. I think that's been postponed. Has it? I uh, think so, yeah. It's actually. Break. Yeah, okay, well, we'll yeah. cut this bit out. Or we won't. We'll see. But anyway, so... Maybe there isn't a game on Friday, but there is still a game on Saturday and a game on Sunday. So on Saturday, the saying goodbye to the Zid Tribuna. Yep. Uh, they used to be uh, there, well, still is there at the moment, but will the moment. very, very soon not be there um, at the old ground. Uh, I think Jurgen Klopp's going to be in attendance against Duisburg. Um, and there's a big programme uh, of support. So if you're around, then go to that. Uh, I think I might have a, a rare Saturday off. Uh, but the one that I'm really excited about is the second round of the Fran DFB car on Sunday. I've got my tickets for that uh, against Jan Calden. Uh, we've kind of spoken a little bit about um, the yeah about that team sort of getting through the first round, but obviously weren't able to go to Airport for that uh, a few weeks ago. So I'm really looking forward to seeing my first competitive game of that team, uh, and uh, yeah it'll be good to see it in sort of a, a big stadium and I hope there's a good crowd hope they get through and uh, 
we'll have a lot of good memories supporting the women's team as well coming for, uh, going forward in the future. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I hope the uh, I hope it's a good set of Mike's footballing fixtures this weekend. I'll sadly be in the UK, so I won't uh, won't see the games, but uh, I'll be cheering from afar. Yeah, I, it's one of those ones that I would like to be able to sort of do a podcast on that uh, cup game. Uh, but I also like won't know anywhere near enough about the team to be able to do that yet. So maybe if we get through to future rounds and I've watched the, the team a little bit more, maybe that's something we can look at doing. Well, I'll be uh, probably in a cafe because uh, I've got a late night flight on Sunday night. So just FaceTime me when you're at the women's game. We'll watch the game together <laughs> and then we'll discuss it next week. Okay, that sounds... <laughs> Uh, let's not get drawn to doing that because uh, I don't want to promise anything for the listeners that we aren't going to do um, but yeah I'll definitely keep you updated and uh, we can definitely talk about it next time we're on the podcast Sheridan it's been a pleasure uh, any final thoughts before we uh, knock off for the night no I'm just going to bed so I'll wake up early for the uh, at the right time for the next game thanks for having me ciao